Hello, everyone, and welcome out to episode 298 of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky. I'm your host, Nick Nitro. And before we begin, let's give a big shout out to our sponsors. Now, hello, FYI, we have tons of sponsors on our show, but we're just going to focus on two of those, and those two are Packrat Comics. Go to packratcomics.com for more information. But Packrat Comics is the 2015 Eisner Award winning best comic book retailer. That's a once in a lifetime award. That means you can only win it once. You can't win it, you can't get nominated again. And they won. That's how good of a store they are, and they are so great. Teresa and Jamie run a sweet comic shop. It is very family friendly. Anyone can walk in. They don't feel weird or being stared at when they walk in. It's for all ages, adults and kids. And they they sell board games, card games like Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, and other card games like Love Letter, Coup. They sell those as well. And they're just a great store. So please check them out, packratcomics.com. Packrat's also the home of the good, the bad, and the geeky live, which is pretty great as well. So please check them out. It's pretty great. Also, our show is sponsored by Audible. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky on getting a 30-day trial. Over 180,000 titles to choose from. I hear it's actually 200, but... That's the official verbiage is 180. So 180,000 titles to choose from. And they're an Amazon company, which means you're getting you're getting quality. You're getting gold here. Quality service, quality everything. Again, audibletrial.com forward slash goodbaggeeky. 30-day trial, 180,000 titles. So cool, so awesome. I am actually, uh, one of my books I am getting this week is The Girl on the Train. Oh, so good. I really suggest that you check it out. And I think for all you uh, Potter fans out there, I think they just added uh, the Harry Potter books. Really cool. Now, granted, I prefer the Stephen Fry version, which is a little bit more trickier to get here in the States. Um, You have to show a lot more because it's an import. But uh, the version they have on Audible is pretty awesome too. So check that out, audibletrial.com forward slash goodbaggeeky. For other information and show notes, uh, for our other sponsors, check out gbgpodcast.com or check out the show notes uh, for this episode. Also, if you get a second, please go ahead and subscribe to us on iTunes or leave us a review. Uh, all the reviews you give us on iTunes actually help the show out. If you enjoy the show or maybe you have some feedback for the show, then please leave that there. We'll, we'll address it on, on the show itself because, again, we want to make the show better for you guys out there listening. We've been doing the show since 2007. And, um, you know, if you like to hear or see something, then let us know. Oh, so awesome. So cool. So with that being said, let's talk about this episode topic. It's uh, the movie Trumbo based on the Academy Award winning screenplay artist. Uh, uh, I think it's Roland Trumbo. I'm sorry, Dalton Trumbo who is played by Academy Award nominee Brian Cranston. Um, or I think he was, I know for a fact that he was nominated. He did not win, but he was nominated. Uh, and he did such a wonderful job. So, uh, but the film Trumbo, without, besides the acting, does the film do a good job? Does it really get the point home of what it's trying to, to sell? Well, let's find out. 
The film Trumbo is about the blacklist, in particular Dalton Trumbo, who wrote some acclaimed films uh, such as Spartacus, which is the film that is really the thing that broke it, The Brave One, and Roman Holiday. Uh, All those films were nominated for Academy Awards, but uh, he could not take credit for them because of the blacklist. Now, I've seen a documentary on Trumbo, and so there are some interesting facts that the film kind of glances over, but in terms of a story, the film does a really good job. Matter of fact, um, I don't remember uh, Edward G. Robinson being discussed originally um, in, um, in in Trumbo, uh, or I mean, when I've heard stories about the the whole rigmarole. So that's not that's interesting. I was really intrigued by that. Edward G. Robinson, you know, he's the guy to talk like this, see? yeah, see. Um, it, it was very interesting because I remember him from the the crime films, uh, especially Double Indemnity, if I'm saying that right, and The Ten Commandments. You know, and he's one of those actors that they would parody all the time in the old classic Looney Tune cartoons. You know, he is one of those. Uh, matter of fact, you know that was one of the big things, and I didn't know much about him outside of of that. And I do remember that he just kind of disappeared. Like you, you saw him in the gangster roles, but he, I don't remember him in anything else after that. And this kind of goes on uh, a little bit, honestly, into possibly why, which was, the, at least if you go by the Trumbo history in, in the film, I should say, is that he spoke out in the Senate hearing because apparently he was a, a very public Democrat which at the time, uh, Democrat and Republican were are very different in, in the time frame. And um, he didn't mind hearing out other opposing viewpoints and, um, and whatnot. It's really, really interesting. And, um, and of course, as, the, as John Wayne and the government really pushes down on, on, on Trumbo, and his family, it also uh, comes down on Edward G. Robinson, who was played really well by Michael uh, Stuhlbarg. Well, I will say this, though. Um, I do have an issue, kind of, a little bit with him. Um with the role because there is very much a a part in the movie where Trumbo goes over and you don't really know why he's over there really it's just almost kind of to serve the fact that you have this little scene where Edward G. Robinson kind of is is yelling at him you know I had no choice to turn my back on you I had no choice. I had no choice to turn my back on you or whatever. And you're just like, oh, oh, okay. Um, interesting. Now, uh, 
I printed this up because I thought it was interesting to say. Uh, he did, uh, during a committee hearing, uh, mention names, but these were names that were already mentioned by the committee. If you watch the film, you get a sense that, no, he named the names. And again, that's what clever editing and clever writing does. Um, this is the actual quote from him from the Senate hearing in 1952. Well, you have Albert Maltz, and you have Donald Dalton Trumbo, and you have, what is the other fellow? The top fellow who they say is the commissar out there. And after being prompted by his questioner, Robinson continued, yes, John Howard Lawson. I knew Frank Tuttle. I didn't know Dimitrik at all. They are the Bookmans, but that I know, Sidney Buckman and that sort of thing. It never entered my mind, though, that any of these people were communists. That's very, very interesting to me. And it kind of undercuts, once you know that, the history that's there. And, of course, here's the thing. You can tell this film is probably very much... Uh, history being politely glossed over for the sake of sensationalism and and that's you know what that's okay uh you know if you watch a film like love and mercy which i reviewed last week um then you really get a sense of you know sometimes it doesn't pay off for that or it's really hard to say you know being a big fan of of the beach boys i i really enjoyed the film overall i just wanted to see more of it It left me wanting more trumbo felt um it was what love and mercy kind of wasn't which is it left you wanting more but it was also kind of fulfilling at the same time now i i do know uh and this this did bother me a little bit and this is more on the writing side of it but and again if you had to ask me well what do you do to make uh, your lead character a likable fellow well you make him not a hard-ass communist um look when I went to uh, college, that's one of the one things that I think a lot of people who took uh, political science 101 were surprised by, that communism is good in theory. And I remember I really enjoyed talking with that with people because, you know, people who could talk about it a little bit because it's, it's just interesting. It's so interesting that you have it at, at this core, you have that there are people that if everything was fair everything was the same it would be a a, 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 a a utopian society the problem though is you have people and people are people people are people there we go sorry the the pop filter kind of left there so you probably heard a, a, a bigger P a bigger P than you were expecting but People are people, and by that, I mean that people are going to get jealous. They're, they're, going, to, they're going to cry foul anyway, you know, and that's the problem with communism, okay? And then, of course, you have people later on, like Stalin and others, who were, um, Jesus Christ, they, they, were, they were dictators, really. Really, that's what they were. And, you know, what's, there's, there's facts that, you know, Stalin killed so many of his own people, it's insane, but I digress. Now, what I remember of Trumbo was that he actually supported those regimes. The way the movie makes him out to be is, oh, he's light and fluffy and, and whatever. Um, he's the good kind of communist. The kind He's just a man. He's a man who has feelings and thoughts and things, and he just... He really just, you know, wants to... He wants to support the workers, you know? Um...
but I digress. It, it's it's really bizarre. Um, the film is directed by Jay Roach, which I did not know that until I was getting ready to do the show notes. Um, and Jay did a good job. Again, minus that one scene with Edward G. Robinson and, and Trumbo, it's a little bizarre. It, it felt very out of place. Um, Brian Cranston nails it. He nails it. Hedda Hopper is played by Helen Mirren. And uh, John Wayne is in the film, but not played by somebody else. I'm not going to lie. I don't remember him. But Ellie Fanning is his daughter. John Goodman and, uh, oh, geez, the King brothers. I forget the other brother. Stephen Root. Stephen Root is uh, is John Goodman, are, are the King brothers. Um, Louis C.K. is Alan Hurd, who is a combination of a few different uh, writers that were good, dear friends of Trumbo. And... Uh, yeah, man, and the film is really good. Otto uh, Preminger is is reflected in the movie. Um, Kirk Douglas is as well, and they try to uh, they go more into Trumbo's version of the story. If you listen to Kirk Douglas, Kirk Douglas one day just woke up and was like, "You know what? Fuck the blacklist. I'm gonna make a phone call." give Dalton Trumbo a parking pass. And you're like, what the fuck? He did what? And that was the end of it. The movie makes a little bit more of an interesting um, tale of it. And from what I, I know, it, it's based more after Trumbo's actual biography of, of what happened or what occurred. So it's really interesting. And I will say it makes me want to uh, read more information directly about um, Trumbo himself uh because he really is um really is really fascinating individual and especially i like to see what was what was kind of glossed over with a nice little you know indie hollywood sheen and what wasn't so it's it really is interesting and uh there's another actor too he played echo um, in the, the the TV show Lost, he has a little small role, and it just felt very out of place. But it was again, it was a wonderful role, and he's he's a wonderful actor. And he does a good job with it, but it felt like that should have had more there, or maybe it got cut out. I don't know. Um, I guess when you watch movies long enough, you just feel that there there probably could have been more with that role, and it got cut out, or they never filmed it. You just you, you really don't know, but. It's interesting, and it kind of takes you out of the movie for a second if it doesn't go anywhere, um, while everything else is, you know, is dead on. Like you wish there was more with the the brothers, and kind of the conspiracy that they did to cover up, you know, when he was nominated for the Brave One, but he couldn't go. That kind of thing. It's really small and and little minor things like that that once you know about it then you're like oh oh i kind of wish they covered that because that's more but again again it ruins the gloss that you're trying to sell uh i will also give props to usually in a film like this when a character does a big speech at the end uh, especially if he's a writer um they either go for broke and do the speech or they don't do the speech and i will say that the speech at the end is really good. It is really, really good. One of my favorite examples uh, of this kind of thing is the film Finding Forrester. You never hear the full essay 
or even a, even a decent amount of the essay before they start cutting away and doing it as a montage. And it's heartbreaking because, and, and now really you have in your head something that should be much, much better, but why could you not try? You know what I mean? Because that's more heartbreaking. It, it's almost as heartbreaking as saying that, oh yeah, by the way, um, I'm not even going to try to do a sequel to Monsters Incorporated. I'm just going to do a prequel where they go back to college. Yeah. Oh, God. Trumbo, though, does a really good job. They do a finale um, where he gets an award of some sort and he has to give a speech about everything he's been through. It sums up the movie for us. What was What was won? What was lost? And it is really, really good and really, really well done and well handled. I applaud the filmmakers for that, because that's, I'm not going to lie, that's a hard thing to do when you do a movie. If you watch a movie long enough, you are always going to sit there and go, uh-oh, they're going to do the big speech at the end, and it, it's and usually it sucks, or they, they do a montage of it, like in the movie Finding Forrester. But Trumbo, they, they nail it on the head. So... With that being said, that's all I have to say for the film Trumbo. It's it's a good film. It's definitely uh, Academy Award worthy of the nomination for Brian Cranston. I really like some of the acting. Uh, C.K. Lewis uh, is in it. I think I, I hope I said that correctly. Uh, I always fuck up his name for some reason. I'm sorry. No, I didn't. It's Lewis C.K. Louis. Louis. Jesus fucking Christ. Louis, 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 Louis. Louis C.K. I got to keep telling myself that because I always call it C.K. Louis. Uh, Louis C.K. I, I, I don't know why. If I just say, hey, have you seen this special by Louis, Louis C.K.? And then I, I think I'm okay. But if I just call him Louis C.K., my dyslexia kicks in. Um, Helen Mirren is really good, even though she's very clearly the antagonist. What I really find interesting, too, I, I will just throw this in there, is that the guy who plays John Wayne is... Is, is actually kind of good. He doesn't necessarily 100% look like John Wayne, and he doesn't necessarily sound like someone doing an impression of John Wayne, the Duke. But, and this is what's really interesting, is that they paint him, and if you listened to last week uh, when I did Love and Mercy, I kind of, at least I think I did, kind of painted a picture that Landy, who's uh, the antagonist, that you kind of wish that there was a little bit more three dimensions there. John Wayne you kind of got that. Like they, he felt like an actual real person, um, which is appreciated by all accounts. Now, what's also one last, last little fun fact is that uh, Trumbo's daughter, Mitzi, dated Steve Martin, and they talk, he talks very, very, very lightly about her in the book, uh, Born Standing Up, which is really good. But uh, I just wanted to throw that out there. And I believe from what I've read uh, before doing the episode, that uh, his real-life daughter is a mixture between Mitzi and um, the other daughter. So, um, oh, shit, what, what's her name? Uh, Nicola. Ni- Nicola, or Nikki, whatever. Uh, or, yeah, M- Mitzi and uh, Nicola is kind of a, a combination of the two for the Nicola character, or Nikki character, in the film, played by Ellen Fanning. Okay. Enough of me blabbering away. 
Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky. Please go to iTunes, leave us a review. Whatever it is, good or bad, we appreciate it. And, of course, check out uh, our sponsors on the show notes or go to gbgpodcast.com for more information. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.